The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we talked to John and Annalisa Gallo, a young married couple here in Nashville, Tennessee, showing their vocation of marriage. What it means to love someone and lay down your life for them every day. I just had to like really look at my heart and John knows and say, okay, what are we doing this for? Are we doing this for other people? Or are we doing this for each other and, and for God and for the sake of our vocation? And and it was a real struggle, but we just we just said yes and we quite literally just showed up to the church. <laughs> Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. My name is Zach Chanson. I'm a young adult here in the Nashville area. Each week we're joined by Father Gervon, the chaplain at University Catholic here in Nashville and does a lot, just about everything with the diocese really. And this week we're joined uh, by a young married couple, a uh, great testament to the faith, John and Annalisa Gallo uh, from New Jersey and Michigan, all over, but have a great story here in Nashville. Uh, so we're here to talk about that, their lives. So John, Annalisa, thank you all for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to have you here. If you wouldn't mind, just a quick uh, background, where you're from and what exactly brought you here to Nashville? Yeah, uh, well, my name is John Gallo. I'm originally from Harrison Township, Michigan, which is just outside Detroit. I moved here when I was 25 after meeting Annalisa about eight months before. I was a professional musician in Detroit for mm. a couple years after college. And then, so I met her and thought it was a good move musically too to oh, go to Nashville. What's, what's the story of you all meeting if I may ask? Was that, was that in Michigan or we, Nashville? We met in Nashville. Yeah okay. so I'll give my background and that'll lead into how we yeah, met. Absolutely. So I went to Belmont University that's how I know Zach yeah. <laughs> and I met a friend there. Her name is Paulina. She is an artist as well and John knows Paulina from Michigan because they're both from the state of Michigan, and John would play with her in her band, what, since you were 19 years mm -hmm. old or so? Yeah. So that was our mutual friend. She had a show here in town, and being college friends with her, she had me sing backup vocals in her band for one gig, and she had John come down with some of the other band members from Michigan to play. So we actually met at the rehearsal the day before the show. Mm -hmm. So we met through music. Oh, so. was John very romantic or how was he? Was he, like, was he just like, <laughs> no, we hit it off very quickly. Yeah, yeah. we just, mm -hmm. a lot of common interests and things like that. And mm -hmm. Wow. So Yeah, we've had a lot of good discussions about vocation on our show with sisters and then about the topic of, of mar marriage as well. Mm -hmm. um, but we had one guest a few months ago, I can't remember, but he had the sentence that 
Um, every, every good Catholic man should just at least discern the priesthood in some way. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that sentence, Father? Just at least, at least discerning it, even if it is between the two vocations. Yeah, I think so. It's it's each each and every you know young man should at least think about ponder, think about it. Yeah, yeah, ponder about the you know the priesthood, just like the you know the ladies should think about you know religious vocation. You mm-hmm. know, and, and yeah, it's just like. There's an opportunity that we have to like, Lord, what what do you call me to be? Mm. You know, because a lot of times we we tend to see vocations about doing things. Mm. You know, hey, as a priest, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do mass, I'm going to do this. But what does God call you to be? And because he calls you to be a priest, yes, you would be able to do all that kind of stuff or because God calls you to be a husband and you know, you are called to do all that kind of stuff. So I think is that 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 would be a, the main question that I think we should ask. Who are you called who do you who did you create me to be? That's my favorite topic about that I've learned about vocation is that it's a call from God and it's, it's, it's up to us to answer it. Um through your I guess dating and even courtship process, did you all feel that call towards the sacrament uh, of marriage, thinking like this is something I could, I could choose to, to sacrifice my life and choose to serve someone else uh, for, for the rest of my life. How, how was that thought process in your mind? Yeah, well, we had a journey in getting to marriage, um, <laughs> figuring that out, to yeah. be honest. On my end, I'll speak for myself, I was 20 when I met John, you were mm-hmm. 25, but as a 20 year old, like a fresh 20 year old, I, I was 19 a couple months prior. Yeah. I. I wasn't really talked about, um, talked to about with vocations mm. much. I wasn't really given that background. Um, I grew up Catholic. Um, I went to catechism. You know, my my mom was always involved in the church, but it never got really to vocations. The mm. conversation growing up as a teenager. I do know that since I was twelve, I was dreaming about like living on a farm with my four plus children and my husband. So, how is that going so far? <laughs> I, I have the husband and the child on the way, but not the farm yet. Okay. John, hurry up, buddy! Working on it, saving every month. Yeah, but um, so I think just innately, it was never really um, a struggle for me to discern my vocation because I always just in a deep way looked forward to being a wife and a mother one day. So that worked out, you know, it was it was easy for me in, in a vocational sense. And then really when I met John, I came into my faith in a much stronger way. Um, he was definitely I guess more mature in his spiritual journey at that time, and and that's when I really learned more about what it, what is a vocation and what does it mean to be um, a married person. And so, I think I already had the discernment figured out. <laughs> um, luckily, I was blessed with that. But but coming into it in, in a more mature way was something that happened over the course of us dating. Mm. What did your fam- friends and family think as well? Were they all on, on board just wherever you want to follow, supporting you, I'm assuming? Um, yeah, you're talking about in terms of like priesthood or marriage. Yeah, or absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, my parents were very supportive of like me doing whatever I felt was, you know, best for mm-hmm. my life. Once they got to know Annalisa, they were, you know, 
all about Annalisa. So they, they oh. say, you know, they, they love her. And when you bring they, two Italian families together, they get attached. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But, but my, no, my parents were open to, you know, they knew I was thinking about both things and were open to me doing whatever. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is like, think about, pray about it, you know, be mm. open about it. And, mm. you know, and you will know what it is. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's, that's the only thing we can really do. Right. It's, I'm open to, you know, whatever God is calling me to be, and I, I'm willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the most powerful thing is, is the power of prayer and, and have the faith unite. You, even just hearing before we kind of walked in is like searching out even the, the convent next door is like, how can we make the faith uh, a priority in our, in our life every day if it's if daily mass is an opportunity? So how did you see that as an engaged couple and now, now married, making this, the, the faith the center of your lives? What, what has that been like? Well, just praying together regularly. That's mm-hmm. the first easiest thing you can do. Um, you know, whether it's just like a Hail Mary at the you know, over the phone at the mm-hmm. end of the night when you're uh, dating. But really, I think, well, going to Mass together every Sunday, of course, too. But mm-hmm. um, going to adoration together is a really big thing. And I, I've found just in my own personal prayer discernment life, what you experience in peace when you're in adoration is usually God talking, mm-hmm. you know, letting you know, mm-hmm. and b- going to adoration with her and things like that and spending a lot of time with the Eucharist and adoration, wherever, you know, I feel peace there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of, I think, where God is leading. Yeah. It's it's amazing seeing you all just as a good testimony of, of a, just a fantastic uh, Catholic couple, you know, expecting their first child, just a real testimony to the faith. And we, we had a, uh, a show on, on marriage a few months ago, just talking about, you know, what, what it is. I remember you mentioned one thing, uh, not necessarily jokingly, but just in a way of saying you almost like, I guess, dislike presiding over weddings. Cause you say that the people that come to it aren't prepared. They just say, we really like each other a lot. And we think that's our feelings are enough to do that. What, what, what can young couples do to better prepare for that sacrament? You think? Yeah. I, I think, you know, marriage is, a lot of times we see people disengage with the church, you know, so sometimes they come to marriage because, you know, you have an Italian family and that's what you do. Or, you know, like this is the expectation for your grandmother or whatever. Right, right. But they're not willing to live the faith. You know, they're just like, okay, so it's just the wedding day, the ceremony. But then they don't, okay, so do you understand that, you know, even baptism, you know, like mm-hmm. first question is like, what name do you give to your kid? And then next one is the deacon of the priest says like, do you understand what you're overtaking? Is you take, make sure that this kid go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then we do, when you do this, like, yes, I do. You know, the same I do's that you, at your wedding day said, do you come here freely? Do you come here uh, uh, willing to get in a wedding, that, in a marriage that only gonna uh, end by death? You willing for the kids? When you, and I think if you, really understand all the I do's that we, we say throughout our faith, you know. On your baptism, your parents and godparents say the I do for you. On your confirmation, you do the I do for you. Yes, this is my faith. This is the faith of the church that we're proud to profess. Mm-hmm. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then when you go to your marriage, that's what you do again. I do, I do, I do. If we really realize this, those I do's that we say, Perhaps when you go to a marriage, it will be a little bit different. It's not just a ceremony, mm-hmm. right? But it's 
a way of life. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. It's a sacrament. It's a and, sacrament, and yeah. it's like, this is for the rest of your life, and this is what you're going to do. And yeah, it's going to be hard times. It, 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 yes, I choose you on that day, and I choose, choose you today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be my wife, to be right. my husband. And, and that's kind of the same thing like every morning. Like, Yes, I did my, my ordination was almost seven years ago, but I decide today mm-hmm. to be what God created me to be, mm-hmm. to be a priest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the key word is ch- choose. Yeah. It's an act of the will. Every right? day, it's yes. Not, it's not um, out of I'm s- emotion. You oh, know, yes. If, if, you, if we rely on our emotions for things, we wouldn't get very far mm-hmm. every day. I don't see day. you anymore. Good. Right. That's <laughs> me and you mature now. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Can you speak on that more, how, how love is a decision daily for you all in marriage? The when the baby is <laughs> screaming at three in the morning with yeah. a We're about diaper to find out. full of poop. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You don't yes. say, I, you know, like, this is love. I choose to love you. Mm-hmm. I choose to go and change your diapers at three mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's not about feeling. I yeah. mean, if you feel good doing that, you crazy. <laughs> yeah. I have a, a quick story that this is making me think of um, the struggle that we faced in trying to get married in the year 2020 <laughs> when everything shut down and uh, we were supposed to get married on May 9th. 2020 um, in New Jersey, which was, of course, one of the most (laughs) shut down of all the states. Um, And there were some other issues as well. John's dad had some some illness going on as well. But really, with with the pandemic, um, May 9th was not going to happen. And so, you know, especially as um, the girl who, like I said, dreamed about her wedding and, and uh, you know, X, Y, and Z and, and really looked forward to that and did all the planning. It was very upsetting to have to let go of those plans last year. And we pushed it off a couple months, pushed it off another month. And, you know, like, like we were all thinking, this can't last that much longer, surely. <laughs> two weeks to slow the spread, you know. So so anyway, it got to a point where we just saw, this isn't gonna happen, you know, the 200 person wedding. And so we decided last July, two months later, after our original you know, planned date, that we were just going to do it. And we, uh, we planned, you know, quote unquote, planned this uh, new wedding in like a week's time. We did it in Nashville. We had our, uh, just our immediate families come down. So there was, you know, less than 10 people down from 200 people. And that was one of those things where I just had to like really look at my heart and John knows and say, okay, what are we doing this for? Are we doing this for other people? Or are we doing this for each other and and for God and for the sake of our vocation? And and it was a real struggle, but we just we just said yes. And we quite literally just showed up to the church (laughs) and did it. And so I think the theme in that and what you're asking, Zach, about, you know, just loving in marriage, you just show up and you just do it. And there's like so much emphasis on, um, you know, the compatibility of, of people. And it's like all fluff. And it's like at the end of the day, it's like you just do it. And I, I had to learn that um, while kicking and screaming last year a little bit. But we just did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, we, we knew we wanted to be married and we're called to marry each other. But... It, it kind of is a blessing when God strips away all the extra stuff, like the the reception and the 
of the honeymoon <laughs> and um but, but it's i say it's a blessing that that was stripped away because of course we were still marrying each other for the right reasons but um you have your more detached from all ulterior extra stuff you, you, and more you're attached you doing the essential you getting married yes that's all the other stuff is mm. cool and really yes. like it, it made our hearts able to just be more um, in the right place, I guess, you know, just about each other, just about the marriage. And, and I think, like, you know, as a priest, we saw that, like, oh, we're going to wait for this to get better, you know, and all right. that stuff. And it's like, why are you married? You know, like, that question, like, what, are you concerned about the sacrament or are you concerned about the party? You know, so many people that we say, oh, we can't get married because we don't have money for the party. It's like, I'll do your marriage for free. Yeah. Because it's not about the party. It's not, you uh -huh. know, you can wait until two, three years from now and you do a big party. That's, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you, if we understand what the sacrament is and if we understand the power of the sacrament, all those things, despite being good, mm -hmm. they are not essential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the kind of pressure that the world puts on, on the wedding day as opposed to the rest right, of your Zach. life. Right, Zach? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pray, I pray about it every day, and yeah, I just wonder, like, yeah, what, what is? The, I ask my people myself, what is even the purpose of marriage? Is to get your spouse to heaven? Yeah, and that's this, it. And the you procreation have, of ch that, that's, children. You know, that's the that's the homily for my my few weddings that I do is beginning today. You have one one job: make sure that your wife goes to heaven, mm. give you everything that she needs, not what she wants. Hmm. From beginning today, your one job. To make sure that your husband makes you heaven, giving him everything that he wants, uh, what he needs, <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> what he wants. Right, right. You know, yeah. but it's, that's it. You know, and it's just like, and I think when we see so many marriages broken and everything is because they don't understand that. Mm -hmm. It's all about me. Well, you not you not making me happy anymore. Happiness isn't the purpose of marriage. No, no. it's not because it's gonna be some times are gonna be hard. You know and. And it's not about you. It's about your husband. It's about your wife. And it's about God. Yeah. I love the way JP2 put it the best in that love and responsibility, how the, the greater feeling of responsibility for the other, the more true love that there is, which is, hmm, that's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah and, yeah, and that's what love is about. You know, sometimes we talk about you know, forgiveness, love, and all that stuff. And, you know, a couple of, I think it was last Friday, last Wednesday, last week, I was talking about, you know, that Jesus asked us to love each other, not to like each other. You know, we are called <laughs> to love each other. And, it's like, and in our society, it's so crazy that we confuse both of them. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, in my case, if, as a priest, you know, if there's somebody who really hurt me and that person is in his or her death bad, would I give her the, or him the less rights? Mm. Even if I don't like that person, I decide to love that person. And I would go, yes, and I would give their last rights because I love you. I hate, you know, like, <laughs> I don't like you, but I love you. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to do what is right and just for you. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's kind of the thing, the whole thing is my godparents, they got married and a couple of days after they got married, they got into a fight. And then my godfather, was taking the pillows to go to sleep in the, in the couch. And my godmother said, what are you doing? 
well, I'm mad of you. I'm just going to go. No, 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 no. You're going to resip right here. <laughs> we got married. And you told the priest that you're going to, for, you know, worse or, or better or whatever. Mm. So you're going to sleep here. And then they say that that is what saved their marriage so many times. Because it didn't matter how mad they were with each other or whatnot. They were always mm-hmm. sleeping in the same bed. Hmm. Wow. Just, that's to choose to love somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm mad of you right now. Mm-hmm. But I choose to love you. And what a different world and different marriages we would have if we talked about that more. If the church talked about it more and um, there were just more people who approached marriage that way. It's understandable that people are so confused about marriage because look at all what how it's portrayed in movies and on TV. And it's it's not at all about choosing the the um, the best thing for the your spouse. It's about personal gratification and things like that. So if we could... Keep talking about marriage vocations from the uh, from the pulpit because yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, pe- yeah. most people end up being married anyway, yeah. and that's the, the yeah yeah. And then I, how is that? Sometimes you look at your family, you look at your parents, like I don't want to do that, you know. And then it's like you know I don't really know if it's right or wrong, you know. So I'm just gonna you know live together, and it's like eighty <laughs> percent of the people who live together who end up in divorce. Uh, you know, so it's just like it's a lack of understanding what is about. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the preparedness of marriage, one of the best things I remember hearing from uh, your boy Jason Everett was someone asked him, "How do you know when you're ready for engagement?" And he just said, kind of simply, just he said, "Read the vows that you would say to each other beforehand. Are you ready to say those now?" And one specifically, I guess, are you prepared to raise and educate children? So how's that in your stage of your life now? What, how do you live to be prepared? Uh, to raise a child, what what is that like? <sighs> Are you ever totally ready still. to raise a child? I, I, say, I, I think, think we're can, preparing still. I think yeah. you can only be as ready as you'll ever be. That's yeah. kind of how we feel, you know. But if you keep waiting until you're ready or have enough, then you'll never, you'll never be never ready do sure, it, yeah. right. for anything in life. Right. Yeah. And that's when it goes back to what I was saying. Like sometimes, I mean, obviously certain things, you know, your basic needs need to be there. But like sometimes you just do it. You just do it and God will take care of it. Yeah. So. I think in, in a, just to give a little bit more of a practical answer though to your yeah. question, obviously when you have uh, a newborn come around, they rely on you for everything, right? You are their everything. And so not that John relies on me for everything and vice versa, but I think maybe um, a good way to practice in your marriage pre-children is to just just give, 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 give um, to your spouse as much as you can because that's what you will be doing with the child and and fill your cup of course hopefully i'm giving to you and you're giving to me and and therefore we are good and we're balanced um i think just having that mindset oh it does take balance oh, yeah you're right one, one person can't do all the giving or else you kind of empty yourself out and mm-hmm. don't have money and then when you when you keep giving you're giving but then you're receiving as well not that you do because you're going to receive but mm-hmm. at the same time it's like well john is giving to me mm-hmm. in a way that i can't and I think that's the beauty of the complementarity. And I, well, I think the word giving of yourself, it, it can be this like very big, scary, like grandiose idea. I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, but it's, it's small decisions. And I told Sean recently, I was like, I've been trying to wash the dishes more quickly. <laughs> Have you noticed? But, and it's like, and he's like, yeah, I noticed, I noticed. But really like me deciding, okay, you know, John, we're both musicians. So a lot of the times, John works late at night and we eat dinner together and he runs off to, to play and um, 
I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm home. I'm the one here. I'm, I'm going to <laughs> wash the dishes. <laughs> and as silly as it sounds, like that is me living my vocation out mm-hmm. in that moment, in that one little decision. And that's me giving of myself. It's like the little way kind of, uh, what was the JP2 responsibility oh, quote? The, the greater feeling of responsibility for your beloved, the more true love that there is. Yeah. An example of that that I think of is she has a, a 2004 Jeep Liberty, which means the window regulators all break. <laughs> so My windows so, keep falling down. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's like a mechanic wants like three, 400 bucks to fix it, but the part's 50 bucks and I can do it myself. So I'm doing the second one. I have to do it today or tomorrow. But it's that's an example. She, she just gave him a look right now, people. <laughs> and then she, her look is like, I hope it's going to be today, John. <laughs> got you, Annalisa. It's, it's taped up. I, right I got now. you. I got you. I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah. So for those who are watching us on radio and podcasts, <laughs> go to the YouTube channel and you're going to see her face. <laughs> and then what he said, his, his answer was like, yes, honey. <laughs> but that, that's an example of something that I don't really enjoy doing, but because I'm doing it for her, there is that deeper, it's that responsibility and I, a deeper love for her and, and a, a deeper joy in doing it, like in doing it and seeing it done, I'm much more satisfied and happy than if I were doing it for myself at age 22, mm-hmm. single. Deciding to do it. Like, yeah, like, huh? And I think that's the that's the crazy thing about our society. I don't like to do this. Good, do it anyways. You know, like, <laughs> If I would only do things that I would like to do, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be here right now. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, okay, do it. I mean, there is an obligation you have to do it. Go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Because you love the other person. Right. Wow. So, John, I'm expecting you to do it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, to making that decision to, to choose to love that person uh, every day and then for the rest of your life. Thank you, John and Annalisa, for being on the show today and sharing your testimony to the beauty of marriage. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Zach. So, and thank you, Father, as well, for all your all your life advice and all your guidance <laughs> for, for everything you do. And thank you to everyone in our Elicity audience. We hope you just felt connected to what you heard today. Kind of, you know, touching on the topic of vocation, whatever you may be discerning, uh, but to feel that call and, and answer it and to find peace and tr- truly understand what it means to love someone, to sacrifice, uh, to choose to serve, do what's best for the other person. Uh, remember, you can find our podcast wherever you get your shows by searching for Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. Special thank you to Jim Chandler, who does a lot with recording our show. We're filmed live in the Oscar Romero studio here in Nashville, Tennessee at the Catholic Pastoral Center. Uh, thank you to everyone once again in our listening audience. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.